0: Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC.
1: Welcome to Beltalota, the officially unofficial podcast for The Expanse on Amazon Prime. I... I don't know what to call it now because it's over. Uh, this is the series wrap up, season six wrap up, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're going to consider a lot of feedback today. Uh, I'm I'm here with my host Aaron. This is a weird intro. I apologize, but it's 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 a different thing here. It's not, every, you know,
2: like of uh, all the podcasts, and we've recorded over three thousand now. I think I was just looking at the yeah, the it's count. Uh, the the number of series we put to bed remains very small i mean i can uh-huh. think of like you know like uh breaking bad and mad men and game of thrones and uh you know just to, just just to name a few leftovers but there's it's not like there's been a, just a tremendous amount of shows that the of those podcasts low double digits so like oh, yeah. I, it's 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 a rare it's, it's rarefied air it's like what do you do how do you introduce it how do you how do you put a cap <laughs> On How do you put six. a cap on on a a voyage that that listeners have spent 6 years plus on uh that's had a, yeah. a fan save campaign
1: that switched networks that's you know um Yeah this it, was a, a pretty wild ride too you know most shows will just get you know if they get 6 seasons it'll be 6 in a row no no uh troubles no bubbles and then they're out uh this one had some troubles uh I think we're all aware of that and I I I think we're all happy that we got what we got, right? I mean as we as we approach probably the end of the expanse, I don't think anybody is disappointed in the six seasons we got. I think it's the dis- if disappointment if there is any comes from we're not going to get more of it potentially. Yes. Uh yes. but yeah, I I really love the show. I think everybody listening also really love this show. Uh we're going to get to those people's thoughts today. We have a ton of feedback uh, I, I'm looking at a Google Doc here with about 14 pages of it. I and even then, I had to chop and screw a bunch. I had to cut some that were just <laughs> sure. obvious duplicates. Um, so I apologize if I don't get to everyone here, but I'm going to get to as much as I can. And it's not just going to be stuff that you know spurs conversation. It's also going to be getting to people's final thoughts on a show they loved. I think that's just as important. So, yeah, agreed. And um, and if
2: you I mean, we've already talked so much about this. Like, we had a two-plus-hour episode that we dis- discussed over the weekend. We were joined by YouTuber uh, Pete Peppers, um, mm-hmm. who's been covering the podcast with a lot of success on YouTube. Uh, we had a three-hour conversation with him and his co-host. Uh, by the way, we're going to post the entirety of that uh, to our premium feeds. So, if you're a Patreon member or a club member, you should be able to get that. Um, you know, you can also, I think, Hunt it out on Pete's channel if you, if, without too much trouble. But we're going to podcastify it uh, for all of our premium listeners. So you can go to support.ballmove.com if you want to get in on that action. Uh, yeah. But yeah, like there'll be probably close to 10 hours of content for the final <laughs> uh, the, the, the to put the Expanse to bed. Uh, and I think that's that feels appropriate. Um, I haven't sometimes when we got to the end of something like I'm thinking Game of Thrones in particular, I was done talking about it you know when it was over because like i just wanted to like get in my car throw the throw the 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 gear in reverse and just throw gravel all over while i was peeling out <laughs> of that parking lot but yeah, the expanse yeah. you know i'm like yeah you want to talk more expanse we'll talk more expanse yeah let's stay here for a minute you know i'm also i went um i i still have like i think they estimated a week week and a half to get uh to uh, babylon's ashes cuz i still got to read book 6 i haven't read book 6 yet oh um, right but I found all the short stories are like available in the Cincinnati public library system. So I started mm-hmm. reading, uh, um, Oh God, what was the, the churn? Oh, the Amos. Last yeah, night. that's a good one. Uh, I got strange dogs. Mm-hmm. I got, was it side jobs. What's the one that the,
1: uh, I don't, the, the, I don't the, the, know. there's one that, uh, yeah, the about with Bobby, with Bobby on
2: Mars, I think.
1: Yeah. It's not called side jobs. It's, there's definitely one there though. And that one's side also, hustle, that was pretty economy. good. A lot of this stuff has been incorporated into the show, right? I'm not yeah. I'm not totally certain yeah, yeah. you need to read book six, but I know you yeah, want but to. It's
2: I, I, I want to read book six just yeah. to see, just to complete it, and uh, you know take some take my time reading some of these short stories, and then I'll I'll, I'll get on because yeah, I don't have a I don't have a schedule for
1: my Expanse fandom going forward. Um, I'm going right into Persepolis me. Rising, man. I got to get I got to get on these books. I got 60 uh, it, hours it, of audiobooks
2: ahead of me. <laughs> Oh, I know. Is that all is that how long it takes to get through them all? That's not as bad no, as No, the thought, last honestly. three.
1: It's 20 each, man. It's Oh, are, 20 each. Okay. Yeah, these are big books. Uh,
2: so I'm uh I'm looking forward to that. It wouldn't surprise me if Jim and I talk about her experience with the books at some point. Um almost for sure on our premium off the clock podcast. Yeah. Uh, totally. we might if if, if there's if, if we're syn- synced up and there's enough interest, maybe we'll do it here. We'll see. Yeah, Um, who knows? But for sure, this is going to be the last, I think, Expanse podcast uh, for a while.
1: Yeah. And if they bring it back, we will obviously come back and consider the rest of the show here in this podcast feed. But yeah, as long as they don't fuck it up. I'll I'll definitely get we won't know. Until we already start podcasting about it. So Yeah, yeah, yeah. No,
2: you we will definitely do a season seven, a movie seven, a series seven. Yeah. Uh, if uh, they they've recast it and make it a mockery, then who knows? But uh, I'm <laughs> yeah. We'll do you see. think it's like one thing I got out of you know talking on Pete's pod or Pete's videos, uh his channel, is like it does we, we talked about it, it does feel like that the lack of desire to continue with the expanse kind of comes from on high. And, like, maybe even from the Dan and Ty side, um, I know that they're moving forward with another literary endeavor that has nothing to do with The Expanse. Uh, I think there is, like, a a TV show or a movie kind of, like, attached to it as well. It could be that they're, like, want to get away from The Expanse for a while.
1: Uh, I understand that. You work on something for a decade. It's like, uh, what else can I do, right? I'm, I'm... It could feel stifling to be stuck in this universe. I think. Don't but I want to do this another five years. Why these other opportunities are getting cold? Yeah. 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 So I get it. Um, at the same time, I seriously doubt if there were an offer on the table that they would pass doing a, another few seasons or a series of movies around this. It's yeah. just weird how they like specifically put out the request to
2: not petition Amazon and not put any pressure on them because they're like.
1: I don't know, it, John, it either John says Snow, they don't want it. <laughs> <laughs> it, it! Maybe that's the case. Uh, the other option here is that perhaps there is something brewing behind the scenes and they don't want to... Harsh it by it, 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 they just don't need sacks to, of to go do dog that, right? shit on on Jeff Bezos sports yeah yeah
2: yeah I yeah. I am roundly rejecting the idea that there is some kind of deal in the works. There's <laughs> no too. fucking way.
1: Me too. Yeah. Like that's
2: the other thing. I came out that like I had heard rumors, but like yeah, like that the sets are gone. They've uh-huh. like chainsawed them up. Uh, the costumes are like and like the props are all being a catalog for auction. Uh, the, uh, all, all the behind the scenes, oh, people, the VFX crew, the production designers, they have moved on like, this is the band is not getting back together without a lot of work and a lot of, yeah. uh, uh, n- 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 brand new ground floor development on, on stuff. And that's, that's, yeah, I, and you, you'll, you'll hear me. This is a complete turnaround from where I was three months ago. Like oh, I yeah. was like, oh yeah, this is You know, in fact, we'll probably get a renewal before even the first episode. This is just a bunch of gamesmanship. <laughs> No, no, I, I really think it's it's going to be over for a while. That's a bummer.
1: Yeah, it seems like the end. Uh, if Bald Move hypothetically were to bid on uh, uh, on one of these auctions, what item would you be looking at? Amos's devil pin would be pretty fucking oh, good, right? Sweet,
2: yeah, that would look really good on my Alpine hat. Uh, for <laughs> <laughs> my German Fest needs. Sure. Yeah. Um, I was thinking Miller's think. hat. But boy, that's going to be a popular one. That's going for thousands. Any, any of the main crew's helmet that actually has like Nagata yeah. or like you know Burton or like on the forehead would be a really prized. But a pair of mag boots would be. Uh huh. I try trying to think like the stuff that's like really iconic.
1: Uh, I mean, certainly Bobby's power armor is going to be up for auction. But holy <laughs> oh, shit, talking about expensive. That shit should go to the Smithsonian for display. Right? Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think um 'cause a lot, a lot some of, of the shooting models is, would be cool. I don't I don't know if they do like a lot of shooting models in this show. Um they probably just do any, more CG. All, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I but I always um, love shooting models for shows. Those are cool.
2: Yeah. I think uh uh, and a lot of the other I was trying to think of like particular guns I think those are just off the shelf guns uh, like Miller shit's... had a really nice six shooter but I think that's just a real gun
1: uh, a lot account. of you can stuff that is 3d printed like they will they will take those real items really? and they will add on to them with like, yeah they have a really goods. good 3d printing in-house studio there um, At they do. Yeah. I've seen a lot of Adam Savage videos going behind the scenes on that stuff it's really cool yeah yeah, but, I would. Okay. I wouldn't mind
2: a pair of mag boots, though. That would be pretty. Yeah. Especially if they got the lights on the back. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Walk around <laughs> in pumps. Yeah. <laughs> Do that. Sure. Uh, all right. Well, I think we should probably take a quick break and then get over to our feedback because we have a lot of it. Discover why
0: critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day. It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. We need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13.
1: All right, we'll start off with a kind of fun one here. Uh, But one that I had a hard time with. Ethan asks with the with the show sadly over now i'm curious to know what your picks are for your favorite season and your favorite episode of the show and i'll give you a little bit of time here he's got season 3 is easily his favorite uh, i love the conclusion of the hybrid story but the final half takes the cake for me because i absolutely love the cosmic horror and the mystery of the ring gate i'll never forget the moment when the ring gate's open for the first time and my jaw dropped however my favorite episode is the finale of season 5 nemesis games now, I've rewatched this episode more times than I care to admit. It's got everything. Epic space battles, emotional deaths, heartwarming and triumphant moments, and an absolutely horrifying final scene with the unknown aggressors destroying the Barkeith. I'd love to hear your favorite picks for favorite or I'd love to hear your picks for favorite season and or episode. Thanks.
2: I, I spent a bit of the time because you, you prepped me for this question thinking about it and jotting down like the favorite, like the jaw dropping moments in The Expanse and i think there's been a bunch you know like yeah. I, I think the first the, the first one is uh, episode four close quarters battle like in you know, a death of shed uh and just the first kind of like chunky space battle that we get in expanse mm-hmm. um but others are like that really kind of like dropped my jaw was the episode with the navu mist eros yes yes i love that but because that was set up and this is like this is what I was talking about with Ep, with what I think was missing in season six where it's like that was such a clever plan and they set it up like him going and like shining on the Mormons like he's interested in, uh-huh. you know, and then then commandeering the thing and the Mormon and like, you know, what a geopolitical shit fit or astropolitical shit fit that was going to be. And uh, the. The things going wrong and then I'm having to stay there and, and seeing the Navu get bigger and bigger. And then it just it just misses. And you found out that <laughs> Eros <dodged.
1: laughs> right something that we know can't happen.
2: One of those things where like the the main plan was fully satisfactory and kind of like amazing in its own right. And then it yeah. didn't work and had to desperation plan something else. That's the kind of like dead ends that you really invested in spent several episodes developing that I don't think they had time for in, in season six, but like, yeah, that was amazing. And then of course, uh, you know, I, I guess the, the, the first book into his moment, which is the protomolecule taking flight from Venus. Mm-hmm. What a I mean? I don't know what I was expecting. I thought I I was thinking like, Oh, like where are they going? With this protomolecule, where are they going? With this It's so much more interesting than the space zombie shit that I thought that they were going with but like I did not yeah. see this thing taking off and then reconstituting itself as a stargate mm-hmm. like, <laughs> that just really blew the series open. I thought those were some of the, some of the more memorable moments that, uh, uh,
1: I can think of. Yeah. All those are crazy memorable. And most of my, my memories are coming from the books, right? And I'm just seeing them play out on the screen in interesting right. ways. Um, there were a few moments where they changed it up, but I, I think like overall, season three is probably my favorite. It's got the investigator right, who's leading Holden around to all of um to discover what the the ring is all about. Um, Dandelion Sky is an excellent episode. That's the one where Holden actually goes into you know the ring. Yep, um, it's the penultimate for season three, right? Was uh, that the last? one? No, there's actually a few episodes after it, um, and, and the one after it, Fallen World, I actually like quite a bit. Uh, that's the one where Drummer and Ashford are trapped in the cargo hold they're pinned by like one of those tractors yeah, um, yeah. And, and that's that's a lot to Delta me like the fly at its finest. <laughs> yeah right uh, but it's a lot like the fly from Breaking Bad which is one of my favorite episodes of that mm-hmm. show where mm-hmm. you know it's kind of contained and characters are forced to deal with emotions and um, it, it's well written from that perspective even if it's not the most exciting episode but yeah, Dandelion Sky is excellent.
2: Uh, I'll throw another one out. The death of Clay Ashford. Yeah. I thought that was so yeah. well handled. Like the the 180 of Marco being over him and and uh, him t- doing the sneaky thing that kind of blows, uh, you know, the, the the thing that blew the lid off of, of this season. Right? Or was it last season? It um, I can't remember him like doing the recording turned out to be a big plot development. Yeah, but then him just him just going out singing the execution doc song uh, until space literally snatched his breath away. That was such a great character. And yes, uh, one of those things where like they rescued that character from the books because he is such a one dimensional kind of insane guy. Mm-hmm. And he's so interesting in the show. And they gave him just a really badass final scene that then kicked drummers. Amazing macho Peru arc into high gear. Uh, <laughs> uh-huh. It's great. It
1: is. All right. Let's move on to Norm F. Well, no. Right, oh, I got I to go. run through quick. Oh, shit. I got
2: quick, quick. And they're all, they're we almost all. list of, uh, every
1: episode, Aaron. <laughs> uh, uh, Amos
2: teaching Chrissy how to walk in grab boots. Sure. I sure. am that guy. Yep. Yep. Amos testing out his new hand. Bobby discovering the joys of the cucumber sandwich aboard Jules Pierre Meow's uh, yeah. flagship.
1: These are, these so are like I moments, go right? Go back and yeah
2: go back and watch go back. I just, I just, it's so funny. Her like bite in and like, Oh my God. And looking around, I was in and then her just like double fisting him. while No one's watching. Uh-huh. Um, and then, then the other, like my all time favorite, like crew moment is Bobby's first stint on the ship where she's like stomping around, threatening to commandeer it. And like, you just look at like Alex's reaction to this. Amos trying to outflank her with like this four foot fucking pig iron wrench. It's so funny, especially in retrospect to to go back and watch it. So, yeah, I had to get those are like my those are not the best, but they're my favorite moments. The ones that
1: put a smile on my face. Okay, can we move to Norm F now or do you want to list the rest of the episode? Done. (laughs) All right. I'm done. Uh, Norm F says, hey, all, I love the final episode, especially the small moments, the dinner with the crew. Marco having a last chance to be real with his son, but going out being a dick. Uh, then you add Bobby providing air support, which is badass. Of course, there's the machinations with Avicerala throughout and even getting her getting outmaneuvered. I can even forgive the almost obvious flashback to Philip piecing out before the big battle. And I'll take 30 minutes of Laconia scenes before each show that go nowhere to have the clean ending they have. I would have been disappointed to have a Laconian Death Star coming out of the Ring Gate or Kara and her brother uh, running around seeing more blue Just like Naomi said, give them a few minutes apiece. Let's hope we'll have more Expanse in future podcasts, but if not, I'm fine with the way the series ends. Uh, Also, he has a PS here. One final insult from Amazon. If you download the seasons, you can't get those extra featurettes only if you're streaming. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. It's, It's a shame because
2: um... We did have Blu-rays of The Expanse until we got the season. I think there was one for season four. Not so far for season five. I doubt we will Seriously? be getting any more special uh, features. I don't I know. Want. Maybe there'll be a complete series edition with a bunch. Like,
1: I would definitely exactly. spend a hundred bucks on that. Yes. But not do the, I don't know. If I, you want to fund season seven, eight, nine, just release a Blu-ray set and I will buy it. And that'll it's give just, you a hundred
2: dollars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It'll be one, <laughs> one millionth of the way to right. funding it. I, right. I, it's, it's always going to be a head scratcher how the largest merchandiser on the planet could not merchandise the expanse, even to the extent of servicing, like the audio visual component of it, you know? And if they're like, well, we got yeah. x-rays, your x-rays suck, man. If your x-rays included like a director's commentary or crew cast and crew commentary and some behind it, but just a one ship on one season doesn't quite do it for me. So yeah. yeah, I, I, I wish, I wish Amazon, I, and I don't know why they didn't. I, it, I, I, and I can't think of a show. that Amazon merchandises correctly. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those things where it's like, it's a giant blind spot for a man who seems to live in an eyeglasses of eporium I had to, to have, <laughs> I don't I understand it, you know, get the correct yeah.
1: vision. Jeff need to consult with Disney or something. Cause they got this down. All right, Ben uh, says, hi, Aaron and Jim. I really enjoyed the episode from listening to your podcast. I think we had really similar viewpoints on it, but here are a few questions I had coming away from it. The credits. I didn't hear this brought up in the podcast, but as the credits ran, I sat through them and at first it just seemed focused on the ring. But as the credits rolled, then there then was the red alien entity and eventually it was battling with the protomolecule. I found this really interesting because if you look at the size of the red against the blue of the protomolecule, it was far bigger. I feel this gave us a bit more of an insight of just how much bigger in scale this alien fire entity is and maybe showed what happened after they had awoken the entity and subsequently what would happen on Laconia. It was a nice tease by the writers. Like you, I'm gutted not to see any more, but it means we will be reading the books now. Uh, did you see that? I I didn't go check. I this did.
2: Out. I I was watching it, and like that's something that they did starting, I think, this season. Is mm-hmm. like uh, you know, for the last few, you've just kind of zoomed in on the ring gate, and there's sure. been a hint of red. Uh and this one, like it, it like, you, like they said, kind of took over the gate. I don't know what they're saying that's because, like, can can we talk about? I uh, mean, I don't I don't know if this is a spoiler at this point that the next book takes place 30 years into the future from where we're at right now. Right. So I don't, and, and that doesn't mean they have to in the show that they would, you know, I'm I'm sure there's gotta be some kind of time gap, uh, to, to let whatever. I, and I don't know why it takes that long. To, 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 I don't either. But, but that implies that, that implies that there's a whole bunch of things that is not, the authors themselves don't think is vital to the plot that
1: happens in those 30 years. And I've heard they that they had years. two other books that they wanted to tuck in there and realized it would be boring. So they cut them. Just but, not enough. Like, a, yeah. Or
2: yeah. Like yeah. the Rossi just kind of like doing anti-piracy work or for 30. So, so I, I have a hard time squaring cause that's what I thought too. Like, and that's the other thing. I mentioned this on Pete's show is like, I don't understand why the UNN and Mars just sits back on their side of the gate and never goes through Laconia. Maybe Laconia is just armed to the teeth and they got a hundred of those rail guns mounted on the perimeter of the gate on that side. Yeah.
0: And I can it's see just that a
2: suicide mission to try to go through at this point. Um, especially with the ring gate aliens that are not wanting large ships that you got, you know, like I, But but like I had a whole bunch of numbers
1: like if I think about it, okay, Marco's fleet is gone, but the free navy is still out there. And how much resistance are they going to provide? Right. Are they are they just done now that their leader's gone or. Yeah, the remnants and you got it still. So there's you got to mop that up and that
2: takes ships. But but like if if the ring gates are that angry and there's that they're that close to the aliens getting out like i don't understand the time jump and how it could be boring so <laughs> i i think yeah. it's more of like a tease for the long term of of the expanse's future um but i I, yeah, I don't know how i don't know how it interfaces with how the series would
1: go forward from here mm-hmm uh, he does have another question. This may have been explained before in a previous podcast, so apologies if it has, but are these Laconia dogs creations uh, sorry, are these Laconia dogs creations of the protomolecule, as clearly they possess the abilities of the protomolecule? Uh, yeah, I, I think so. I, I think there's some information about there that maybe we didn't talk about. Um, yeah. Explaining that, yes, they were created when the protomolecule was brought um the the samples that duarte had
2: they were kind of like ac- either activated or brought up this is something that we talked about with pete on his show because yeah. he's read strange dogs and he talked he he th- gave us like a pop quiz is like did you get all the things that they were suggesting no, i got none of them right there were like three <laughs> or four different things and i'm like to me this made the strange dog segments even more of a failure if like you had to read the book to know what they were getting at yeah um and I just didn't, but apparently that was one of the implications that, and I, and I, now that I know that I can go back and think about, you know, well, the parents weren't afraid of her going out and finding these dogs because they just didn't exist. You know, mm-hmm. like there weren't any megafauna, kind of like when Miller shows, uh, when, when Miller and Holden show up on Illis and suddenly get yeah. the swarms of protomolecule locusts that had never been there before. Yeah. Like. If, if, if you squint I can kind of but like I thought that was a failure of visual storytelling that they didn't make that explicit that those dogs came only because they brought
1: the, proto- the active protomolecule sample through the gate Yep, I agree alright let's move on to Ray hey guys I'm super happy about the season finale and series finale perhaps and thanks for getting me into watching the show in the first place I want to offer some thoughts as a book reader here regarding the final trilogy and a possible adaptation uh and i don't think this is spoilery so we'll see uh if they adapt the final trilogy with the same cast and crew and an improved budget i don't think there is any risk in it being disappointing uh, so something that maybe we talked about with pete um that it's a very risky thing to bring this back after such a good ending uh in my opinion it's a great continuation of the story however i know the ideas of movies have been thrown around and I can't see them doing the books justice in that little screen time. Uh, About the expanding scope of the Expanse story, that's mildly interesting. The end of the sixth season and book both offer a very good end to the political story of the Expanse, and the subsequent books are definitely different in that they really do address the alien threats. It will probably feel like a different show, but to be fair, the Expanse has jumped between genres every season and done so very masterfully. Remember when the show was a half space detective noir? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. too Early on, it certainly was. Uh, Sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say that that's something I've
2: surmised like when I was thinking about like the next trilogy similarly expands the scope of the series, because like so far it's just been humans like we've had protomolecule, but that's that's been like us mucking around with an alien tool slash weapon that we don't. It's like us discovering a powerful ray gun. Yeah, It didn't introduce aliens. It's just, you know, we had this artifact that we're fucking around with and getting in over our heads, not checking doors and corners. It seems to me that the next sequence, uh, the main phase of the expanse, will introduce either the protomolecule builders or uh, certainly these red aliens that I think exterminated the proto. So, like, and th- that's yeah. the thing where it's like, man, how can they conceivably tell that story and have humans come out on top? Because. <laughs> These guys the took the proto-molecule builders out at their height. Like, what hope uh-huh. do us monkeys with screwdrivers possibly have uh, against them? But like, that's that's yeah. the promise that it's going to be full on, like Star Trek Alien type shit happening in addition to all the rest of the human drama. So yeah, that's the I, thing I think that too. sounds cool.
1: Like, I, I don't I don't want to lose the human stuff, right? I'm super interested right. to see what that's happens why... with the Transport Union, x amount of yeah. years from now yeah um yeah so yeah and maybe, maybe, maybe both. that'd be great
2: the only thing i can think of is, is like it's a race against time to contain the aliens like they're starting to, and like if, if 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 humans can work together then they can maybe nip this in the bud and put them back to sleep or something because like yeah I, these
1: people can destroy an entire solar system when they want to i don't think we've got any defense against that Yeah, i was gonna say what if it's a race to like destroy the ring gate, but the belters, the transport union doesn't want to because it's their only power. Like, well, that would be you know, interesting, too. Yeah, that, that that could be interesting, but I, I have no idea. I haven't read the the book seven, eight, nine. I will, uh, yeah. excited too. Uh, also, uh, in regard to a continuation of this, uh, he goes on, Dan and Ty have a new science fiction series, which you talked about. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's a deal with orbit and it's scheduled to be published next year, I think. They've said repeatedly that they won't write any more stories in the expanse universe, but I do think there's ample room for fan fiction that can fill in some gaps uh wouldn't know anything about writing fan fiction in the expanse universe? absolutely <laughs> nothing at all yeah anyways uh, uh yeah, and- if you're
2: looking for someone to write some uh christmas novellas <laughs> uh, <laughs> sure i i uh that's the thing. I I was wondering if they would do some kind of like George R. R. Martin kind of anthology editing. Like, I could see them having fun with that. But yeah, it does seem like they want to put the expanse behind them. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and fair enough, you know? Like I said, you spend a decade on something. I can see wanting to, to move on. If you have bigger and better horizons to move on to, why not?
1: Yeah, and they're still um, planning on working together, which I like because I've been a big fan of the stuff that's come out of those two, so... Sure. Yeah, whatever they do next, I'm in for. Especially, as I hear, it's a space opera sort of thing. Uh, Alright, Christina from Ohio says, I feel as if there was a missing element to how viscerally fucked up encountering the red beings really is. Much in the way they never got uh, to the effect of the mods, how agonizing and horrifying that experience is also. Um, it almost made Marco being eaten feel tame. I need Dr. Okoye to be much more haunted still when talking to Jim and Naomi. Uh, yeah, that's something we have discussed as well is just, you know, it it almost felt like a serene, peaceful experience <laughs> in a way, right? As you're just kind of looking on and it's, it's de-atomizing you, but what are you feeling? You know, there there's no yeah. screaming, right? Naomi screams uh, louder than Marco does in this scene. So, yeah, it's um i agree i agree i would have liked more from that yeah
2: i but on the other hand i guess like does that say does that say something about our uninvolved nature that like we don't want we just don't want a threat removed from the board and something to be safer we want something to suffer yeah uh payback because yeah it's not clear to me that there's any suffering involved at all i think it's probably over in an instant on the other hand maybe it's like the sarlacc pit where you're you're taken to some kind of hellraiser dimension, and you you can enjoy each molecule being dissolved over an in, over an infinity because you're in a singularity and time yeah. is eternal. Like, you know, I I will say that like that's one of the things I thought like that that's why I thought it's so rushed. It's like you know, uh, Naomi's like aliens, and Holden's really like aliens, and everybody else was like aliens, and. <laughs> uh, yeah, like I got from the books. I even got from uh, both the uh, was there a Koye? Is that her name? Mm-hmm. And and Holden, like what a, a terrifying experience it is, and like how unsettling it is to go back through ring transits now to to, to be aware that those things are kind of in the water. You know, it's like seeing yeah. going to the beach and having a good time, and then watching the movie Jaws and be like, shit. Um, I wish they did lean. I did. I do wish they lean more into that. Yeah, for yeah. sure.
1: I'm, I'm certain that has to be a concern in the next three books has to that yeah. you can like at
2: any time even being careful being eaten by a ring gate yeah
1: yeah I guess everybody
2: will be going in single file yeah, and you right? know what and you know what that will not stop humanity because nope. we've seen like do you know the the fucking losses that you had during the age of exploration the age of sail it was shocking and horrifying how many <laughs> ships would just be lost at sea. Mm -hmm.
1: So, like, yeah, no one will give a fuck if there's economic opportunity on the other side. Right. All right, J Cubed says, hey guys, I really enjoyed finishing out the series and listening to your thoughts along the way. I do feel that especially the last episode, you could really feel how rushed the ending was. I definitely feel it could have let the Free Navy's burn to the Ring Gate unopposed build a bit more and less uh, let the sense of impending doom breathe a bit more. I also feel like the plot line of random ships disappearing as a bit Uh, more front and center in the books. Not quite as well developed for the show and seemingly just pops out of the blue here. But what you gonna do? I really feel they did the most with this final season with what they had to work with. Opposite of Game of Thrones, where HBO seemed to beg the Double Ds to slow down for more episodes or seasons. Uh, I read the Amos and Bobby scene a little differently on the ring station. Maybe I'm wrong, but I thought his screaming while being over her was indicating that he was trying to move her from harm's way but her mag boot was holding fast and he couldn't budge her. Thanks again for your coverage. And I am here for episodes talking about the final three books.
2: Oh, I don't know. I want to believe that they were trying to go for something and they, they didn't get it right. But I don't know his, he was,
1: I felt he was play acting getting shot the shit out of. I do think it started as that like, Hey, I'm going to wrench Bobby from the deck here and get her to cover. And then when he realized he couldn't, it turned into, well, we're both dead and I'm taking shots. Yeah. I, th- I think there was a little bit of both there. Um, but yeah. Yeah.
2: You uh, know, our I will say that. that as far as the rushed one, um, when we were talking over the weekend with uh, Pete and Benja, I thought Benja had the perfect idea that like you cut the episode right after the like Bobby takes out the thing. Yeah. Uh, the the railgun generators. And then. You start the next episode with the crew all huddled around, hearing Avicerala saying there's gonna be no reinforcements you're it's you against the 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 Pella and the rest of the free navy, yeah, and that I think would give you enough time to like let these moments breathe. you could have you know made them more impactful. You essentially have instead of one sixty two minute episode you'd have two forty five so you'd have an extra uh-huh. twenty thirty minutes and people said uh the the response to that was like, well." You know, there's only a certain amount of minutes of television you can get on a budget, and to which I say, get rid of strange dogs. Get sure. rid of strange dogs. Get rid of strange dogs. Give that final 25 minutes to the 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 you know the the last two episodes of the season, and I think it would have worked out a lot better. Um, yeah, but you know, I agree. I I wasn't in the writers writers room. I didn't know what the constraints they had. I didn't know like. Y- you know what, what they thought they would be able to accomplish versus what they did so it's it's hard I should say it's easy to Monday morning quarterback these these guys
1: yeah and uh, maybe there's some stuff lost in translation from conversion from script to screen but who knows who knows what happened uh, Devin from Maine says uh, poses a question here for us if you could travel the solar system only at sublight speed in the Rocinante serenity or the millennium falcon which would you choose i've got i've got a clear clear winner here for me it's gonna be the Rocinante because those other two are busted ass ships and there is no (laughs) way i'm getting stranded in the solar system in a busted ass ship the Rocinante is in peak fighting condition it's it's perfect uh that's true because they always had the the, the contracts and stuff. But
2: on the other hand, if you're going to fly around and bust it up ship, I would love to have uh Kaylee as an engineer to make time with.
1: <laughs> okay. Uh, well, he didn't so, say anything about which crew you get, but
2: I might go with the serenity on, on that one. All right. All right. I'm assume, I mean, like if yeah, we can have any crew sure. on any ship, uh then yeah we will get the the crew of the the uh get the crew of Firefly on or the Serenity on board the Rocinante and you get the best of all worlds although i will
1: say before we record this podcast like Kaylee probably
2: leave the first port because she's like there's this ship is bored
1: there's nothing to do <laughs> <laughs> i i don't know Too man shiny. i was looking at the the cast list here for the expanse because i was doing research for what episode i i really loved and i i just saw their headshots in a row here and i'm like god damn this cast is beautiful so I, I might get I might get that there too
2: with the Rocinante. that's true. I just feel like everybody's all coupled up in ways that don't complement yeah. my agendas on Bobby's the not. i Bobby's not Bobby's not that's true. you could go to death by snoo snoo <laughs> um i i I think that uh that's the uh, one underappreciated thing on this show is that like literally everyone in the expanse can get it like it doesn't oh, matter yeah. what age doesn't matter what faction like. Everyone is so unbelievably hot on this show. Right? It's ridiculous. It's kind of ridiculous.
1: It totally is. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) They are so, they are so attractive. Uh, All right. Stephen P says, regarding the hopefully not last episode of The Expanse, wow, what a superb ending. I was very pleased to see the writers wrap up several loose ends, at least at this stage of the series, while leaving the Laconian plotline with Admiral Kuarte open for further intrigue. We finally get the perspective from a proto-molecule infected human as Zan views his sister through a shimmering veil of blue fireflies. So many good scenes bring the series to a satisfying conclusion, like the entire Rossi crew in the galley eating together and enjoying each other's company, Naomi making good with peaches, and Amos acknowledging her value as an engineer, and Earth, Mars, and the belt finally working as a team to conquer a common enemy. Speaking of whom, I thoroughly enjoyed how Inaros finally meets his end, not by going out with a bombastic bang, but a red, shimmering, entity-induced whimper. Initially, I wondered why they further developed Philip so much, uh, only to go Dutchman with his father. Again, the story comes through satisfying when Philip is shown escaping from the Pella. We finally learn that Philip inherited more from Naomi than he did from Inaros. The space battle in the episode was like the finale of a, at a fireworks show. The writers saved the biggest and baddest for the end, Loved the check and checkmate moves from Avasarala setting up Holden to lead the transport union only to have Holden resign his post to drummer the moment he becomes president. A bald move by Holden. Finally, <laughs> here, here. regarding Amazon's airing of the Expanse series, long live the Bosch theory which we talked about last time. Uh, Yeah, I mean, you, you did a good recap there of all the moments that I loved in the finale. Um, and like I, will I said, say that ring is, that
2: that yeah. ring gate battle in 4K was even better. Like oh, I saw so it, 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 it worked. But like, there's so much more there to see. Oh, one thing is like freeze frame. uh anytime that they're showing the names of uh, uh, the the Alpha Bravo Charlie uh, attack force, because every mm-hmm. single one of them is a reference uh to a classic science fiction character from movies or television or video games even and i think there are only if there's like three names you'll probably not re uh, be able to pick out and i think those are ties like taekwondo instructors <laughs> right uh, when he was a so, kid yeah yeah so anyone you you you, you can't look up uh it, it's probably somebody taught him how to go heah but uh Sure, no, I, I, it, it was, it was a, it was a lot of fun, and in, and there, that is a, a nice counterpoint to the other email about like Marco wanted to go out with the blaze of glory, yeah, and just being snuffed out by a phenomenon, uh huh, <laughs> you know, it's, it's like getting, uh, like getting taken out, uh, the most fearsome admiral and the, the fleet getting taken out by rogue wave, you know, not, not sure. glorious death at the enemy, not, it's, it's, it is kind
1: of like, yeah, going out like a wet fart.
0: Hmm.
1: All right, Kim from Virginia says, Like you, I was puzzled by the addition of Kara's Adventures this season, but I have since come to appreciate it. I went ahead and read the novella Strange Dogs, and the series has captured it basically word for word. So we actually got two books this season. Without spoiling it, these kids do appear in the next trilogy of books, and this introduction may have been used to nudge fans to continue the story in the remaining books. Uh, thanks for your coverage of the series. It was, like the show, a wonderful journey. I just, I
2: don't, I, I mean, I, I, okay. I guess I see that, but like, I, I always felt felt like the, the a very confident show. And like, if I was the people that were the show, I guess I, the showrunners don't care because the show's over. But if I was Dan and Ty, you make a banger final season, and then say that there's three more books that tell the ongoing story, of this Rastanthi, like what, what fan does not go ahead and take that plunge? I don't think we needed to see 25 to 30 minutes of strange dog stuff. And also I, I do feel like that, like that's one common component for everyone saying that the strange dog stuff was good as they read the novella and they knew what to expect. But yeah. I don't know. Like I, I'm a, I guess maybe I'm more of a purist. Um, I, I don't think this stuff, I thought the stuff detracted more than it added and it didn't add anything to this season. Like it didn't add to my enjoyment. It didn't add to my, because I was wondering, like, where is this going to go? Where is this going to go? Is there going to be some crazy protomolecule infused technology that comes through the gate? Are there going to be some protomolecule super soldiers that that reinforce Marcos' guys? Is there, you know, like imagine imagine uh, a ship full of crew that don't need to wear spacesuits, and if they get blown, apart if they get a, a hole blown through them through PDCs or rail guns, they can just reform and and heal and still stay at their posts. Like that would be, but nothing ever came of it. mm mm-hmm. Um. Also, I'm getting I, I people have been starting to talk about this Dutchman shit. I find it annoying in the exact same way. I found Macho Peru ignoring ignoring like I I don't know what the fuck a <laughs> Dutchman is. I know what it images it's, it conjures up in my mind. It's like the uh, ghost shit, like, right? It's yeah. So like what is at some point this thing going to re uh, disgorge all the people it's eaten and they're going to be the ships of the day. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I just, yes, like that's like, the don't theory. Uh, just, just save, you, you know, like I we we get it. You read the books. Congratulations, <laughs> sure, sure. Congratulations, uh, Macho Peru commanding the Flying Dutchman. It's going to be awesome. Congratulations. <sighs> I got my books on
1: hold. I'll, I'll get there eventually, I guess. Yeah, I don't even know if this is like in this context what this could mean, but sure. Uh, all right. Christine says you've talked about how well the show represents uh, a post-racial human society. But I thought there was extra impact to drummer's rhetoric. Um, is my word not good enough? That sort of thing. As it was delivered by Kara G, who is not only an amazing actor, but a member of the indigenous American Ojibwe people, just wanted to make, uh, take a moment to appreciate Kara G and all she has brought to this moment. Uh, yes, I did not know that she was um, part of an indigenous population
2: yeah as a canadian i'd i'd i'd, I'd realize that a couple because i i remember watching Kara G and G interview like two or three years ago when she's not doing the belter stuff and like uh-huh. she's not a scary person at all no, she's really no. funny and bubbly and yeah. like and that she's not like drummer at all and it's interesting to see you know actors doing the acting thing but that's a interesting point point. and it's it's mm-hmm. almost something i almost because like i i I pay attention to some pretty fringe political spaces because uh, I, I think that's where all the interesting ideas. Like I got bored watching CNN to, talking heads arguing about abortion like fifteen years ago, right? And I almost brought this up, but there was like this big kind of rift in in leftist circles last week about um, some black and indigenous folks. Uh, there was a debate about like genocide, you know, like if uh, uh, a like like let's say that um, in America or you know uh southern africa places that are traditionally black and indigenous places what if the like the land back stuff met its logical conclusion like what if uh you know we recon we return control of these areas back to the original populace i think um a uh, a a a fear of white people hearing that or the colonizers is oh shit what if they just round us up and and put us in the camps exterminate us put us on bo- uh, boats that we have to go back to england oh my god what it would be like if we had we forced to leave our homes mm-hmm. and like a desire to and, and the desire to like make that an impossibility and you come you keep bringing yeah. up uh bumping up against the indigenous and black folks saying like look we have to have the freedom to genocide you people or it's not any kind of freedom at all right and i was like that first i was like god damn this is like i don't want to be genocided but i don't think they were actually saying that we want the genocide it's more of right. like well look we'll tell you we're not going to genocide us are you do you feel safe in your country yeah no now, that's exactly what now hold say now right? imagine that that's how we've lived our lives for generations and generations like the, the few the few times that you've said that you said hey okay enough oppression Enough deprivation, enough disenfranchisement this time we're serious, we're not going to do this shit anymore like it is interesting to like put that try that space on the other way and see how it feels, and then see if that takes uh,
1: you know like like you take that into your your politics but yeah, that's Dr- the thing drummer that's, lays that out with like hey is is my word good enough for you and then Holden you know reinforces that idea too with like trust trust is not something you can just say, trust is something you have to show and you have to put your life in someone's right. hands to trust them. You can't
2: fake yeah. it. And I think that's what that's so it's it's weird that like there's this all this confluence because I saw a lot of like white left educated leftists losing their minds, like, oh my god, you're saying you want to genocide us. And I got it like a different and, and and but that's that like I you know, so many people have seen the wire. Um, but it doesn't, it, they, they, I don't feel like they learned the lessons from it. And I feel like the expanse might be the same. It's another one. It's like, how can you watch the expanse and then not have it change the way you see the world and, and how you, you want your nation to interact geopolitically. And yeah, you know, um, uh, but I, I bet a lot of people will. <laughs> sure. Oh, sure. Cause that's just the way, cause it is, it's scary. It's scary to trust another <laughs> group of people with power over you. But that's been the the like experience for like a lot of colonized and indigenous people all over the planet. And it's just kind of it's 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 I think a good thing for us to to meditate on what that feels like to be put in that that scary, uncertain mental space.
1: Yeah, kind of going along with this, um, Joe wrote wrote in and said, um, I've been thinking about how the expanse depicts what we in the 21st century call identity being race skin color gender sexual orientation those things uh while the show centers on then? the conflict between inners and belters the characters never acknowledge the identity differences frequently discussed in the real world even the vilest hateful characters like marco don't seem to hate based on skin color gender or sexual orientation um and he wrote a piece on this called critical space theory which i thought was a, a nice <laughs> title <laughs> uh yeah
2: which, by the way, then, are already people moving to ban ban the the these teachings in, in school? Right.
1: Yeah. Um. Uh, and and he concludes here. He'd love to to hear our thoughts on why we think twenty twenty one identity bigotries aren't present in the expanse. Uh, I do I do think it's because it takes place in the future and these writers are optimists, um, and they like to think that a couple hundred years from now we could maybe get over those things um and you know we'll always have conflict right there will always be things that people want that other people have and vice versa um but yeah i i think it is because at, at their core ty and dan wanted to write an optimistic story here and also i think it's a it's they are also smart and they, they see
2: the way that labels and hatreds and bigotries change and morph over time Um, Like if you've seen uh, Scorsese's Gangs of New York, you might have an inkling of what I'm trying to say here, which is the word white, what it means today, isn't what it meant at the end of the 19th century. Like Irish people weren't white. Jewish people certainly weren't white. Italian people, uh, Jim Stock wasn't white. German people were not white. And in fact, a lot of the same uh stereotypes that are used to attack uh you know black people and indigenous people were uh, once used against like that i i did a a podcast um for three uh, on three right turns called the unbearable whiteness of being and i found a whole bunch of art like that like um you know of of german american immigrants being compared to like vicious apes like Mm -hmm. jet black gorilla teeth bared like you know you'd think of that kind of imagery of being used uh, prejudicially against black people but here they were used against what we would call now white the difference is like you know um germans italians jewish people um uh uh did i say italians uh Mm -hmm. uh, irish people have all kind of melted pot and we all kind of have a very similar so that has gone those differences have gone away but there's still stark differences in physical appearance between other you know like you know like i said black and indigenous people i keep coming back to that um and i think it's really easy to see that same kind of drift where like jim is just an a, um, a white dude yeah you know three generations ago with his last name and uh-huh. you know a, a potential skin pigment combination kind of got for his parents he'd be this you know slur ridden you don't you, you he comes around calling your nice white american girl and you you, you keep her close <laughs> because he's this weird cat yeah, you'd sell, you'd just worship a different uh, pope, and it, it's. I, I think that Dan and Ty see that in the future, when like all like like this 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 Earth diaspora went out, and they they there's commentary about like it being from some of the poorer areas uh, of Earth, a lot of global South type of stuff, that the same process would happen, to where like skin tone and re- all that stuff starts, but it's like your bone density now, you know, yeah. is no, is, and is and the your privilege, class.
1: you know, it, and your it's, class is class um, and that's what uh, Joe wrote says he says he's an entertainer and politics writer so I wrote about the expanse universe um, and how it's not plagued by those trivial bigotries that our society is my thought is that they're focused on actual problems such as finding food water and air um, so that meaningless bigotry has been left in the dustbin of history uh, but there's still I- I think that's part of it but yeah yeah but-
2: like a miller you know, like I think that there's like you know what is a true belter. Look at like Marco's sure. uh, bigotry against you know belters who he perceives as cow through to the inners or or uh, you know making the inners comfortable or you know like there's if you if you look between the lines there's plenty of bigotries in the expanse and they're not all class because you know uh, there's rich uh, Martians and there's poor Martians there's there's rich belters sure. and there's poor belters. There's rich earth earthlings and and there's wretched, you know, that was one of the lessons that Bobby learned, you know, walking the streets in New York City, right? Trying to get to the ocean is like what it's what, are, what is the life of takers really like, you know,
1: um, yeah, it's just, class is different. I, I see as the the bigotry here because you don't have a very uh, obvious say in what class you are. You're born into a class of people um, and you probably are going to stay there more than likely. Um the the thing that doesn't strike me as bigotry is like the political beliefs, right? Like, hey, are you aligned with Marco's political belief that uh-huh. the Earthers, the Inners, deserve to die and we should throw rocks at them? Um, that's that's not bigotry, right? That's just a disagreement in politics. But the, the things like class that you can't very well change, um, because mm-hmm. c- th- that's the thing about like skin color, sexual orientation, things like that. You can't change those things. Um, right. So, yeah, to be, to be discriminated against because of those things is certainly the bigotry there. I, I think there's a lot of reasons why it would change in the future, um, but those fundamental things are still there, right? The, the clashes between people's ideologies and people's ways of life, um, cultures. Yeah, yeah, it's still there. All right, let's move on to Isaac from Pennsylvania. Hey, bald move guys. I, and much of the fandom, I'm sure, greatly appreciate all the work and emotion you've put into covering the final, for now, series of The Expanse. It's criminally underdiscussed, and you're doing us all a service. Well, thank you. Uh, I, I missed I missed this little bit of praise. I'd usually pull that out. However, <laughs> however, he's got a however here. I'd love you uh, to put you a little to task on your criticism of the Kara Laconia arc of season 6, primarily only treating its existence as some sort of business transaction implying it's either set up for a future trilogy or an easter-eggy adaptation choice for book readers but not show watchers. Story is not necessarily plot. Often TV series going into their final seasons end up focusing their own plots so much that any room to breathe is totally lost. See Game of Thrones, Boardwalk Empire, dozens of others. You even mention how this season's plot requires less divergences. Each of the six episodes of this season have been intentionally themed and paced, trying to negotiate where that five minutes would be better used elsewhere is ignoring that there is still a whole universe the story can draw on. Kara's story is a microcosm of the Expanse world, both centering character within an odd sci-fi concept, but also reminding us of the potential that the rings gifted humanity with. When the rings open, Uh, It was all grand-scale, biblical perspective, and yet it still mainly resulted in a new war between existing factions. Kara is not a distraction. Marco is the distraction. He's murdering people based only on the justification of past wrongs while ignoring everyone around him who adapts to the new world, whether it be the inners actually noticing ships disappearing in the rings or just Philip's faith in the cause breaking. Not enjoying the Kara sequences is fair, that's all preference, but I personally think the expanse should be celebrated for condensing a lot of plot into a short series, never sacrificing the characters along the way, all while creating a brand new cold open structure to the show and telling a creepy little pet cemetery tale. Unnecessary, maybe, but at least our creators and writers are still excited by their story and trying new things resting on their laurels. They most definitely did not. Uh, what do you think? I, 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 the interesting point here for me was that Kara is not the distraction. Marco is the distraction. Um, that makes a certain amount of sense, right? The, the universe from the human perspective is changing here and they are fighting old wars.
2: Yeah. I just think that, like, as far as the strange dogs thing, imagine in season three if they showed, um, scenes from the settlers the original belter said lithium mine on illus just a couple minutes you know they they land they're looking they find out that oh look here we got water we could drink oh there's a giant thing of lithium the the struggles of getting that lithium mined, and then it ended at season three and we never got to see season four which centers the action on illus mm-hmm. i think i'd be fair to complain that like boy all that illus stuff Felt like it was a distraction from the main plot. And imagine if season three felt rushed. Like we had big questions about like what happened at the ring gate and like what was the nature of the inspector and what I don't like. We didn't have that because they didn't spend five minutes of each each episode um, establishing the illest colony. And we also got season four, even if they did. I just feel like it's like I don't understand why. It's. Like, like, I don't think we have to fight about this. You read Strange Dogs. You like Mm -hmm. to see it. You like to see the expanse of the expanse universe. I didn't see Strange Dogs. It be remained a bewildering diversion each week, where I kept on expecting it to go back and and tell me something about this current season, and never did. Um, that's narrative fat, and it's different. Like, like uh, the Navu missing the Eros is narrative fat, but it's good narrative fat because it showed our people being clever and thinking outside the box, and it also set up the Medina station, yeah. you know, like there's like, it, it, it's, it, it, it was a digression that also built like organically and branched out. Um, and I think it would have served that purpose if we knew we were going to get a season seven and no one would be talking about the illish. No one would be talking oh, about course. this Laconian yeah. shit at all. If we were going to get a season seven, cause we know that it would, it just is a weird choice to go in knowing you're not. And it did feel like, uh, I, like, and then again, I it's like, that's my opinion. And like, uh, I don't feel like this email uh, like like um really changed my mind on that. Um I'm not mad and I don't think that this is a bad season because of it. I just think in retrospect I I think the season would have been better if we had 30 minutes to give to the last the the final episode and split it into two or make it a one long 90 minute episode. Um yeah, but that's just how I feel. That's my, my subjective opinion.
0: Sure.
1: All right, Trevor says first off, uh thank you for the years of amazing content. It was all, uh the the it was all, it was in the glass moment. Is that, is that from the Walking Dead podcast? Is that back with uh, the governor? I don't know. That's that season two, Justified. I I mean I know, yeah, the apple pie stuff, um from that certainly. But he's talking about the Walking Dead podcast moment. So in the glass. Oh, I don't. (laughs) It must have been that Rick and Governor skill we did a long time ago. Mm. Uh, Mm -hmm. it's the only thing I think of. Anyway. Uh, he says I was he immensely enjoyed that Uh, I'm a massive fan of the expanse which I found following my love hate relationship with the song of ice and fire and Game of Thrones Mm. the show Uh, it was amazing to find a series that with equally compelling compelling storytelling and a nuanced but generally positive view of the nature of humanity as a bonus and Daniel released the books like clockwork remember when people thought Game of Thrones would finish at the same time as the song of ice and fire I yes. D- I do, yeah. <laughs> Remember when George Martin just stopped writing books? <laughs> yep. Well, switch did video games and history. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Compendiums. Books. Yeah. Uh, I'm lazy. Having listened to the book series roughly 10 times, I, that's, wow, that's almost as many hours as I've spent podcasting, I think. Wow. Yeah. No, it lot. can't be. It's like half that. That's an insane amount of time. Uh, I can't see how the time jump between books six and seven represents a challenge from a casting standpoint. The reason is there are numerous references in the series to both extended lifespans and the fact that Logi environments make you look younger. Slap some gray in the cast hair, shave Wes' head, and you are good to go. Overall, I love the TV show and the numerous improvements they made to the book series. It felt like Ty and Daniel used this as an opportunity to improve their already phenomenal epic. That said, I sincerely wish they would have ditched The Adventures of Kara the Explora to give us the more uh, character moments. I would have loved to see more Jim and Naomi. My hope is that they keep getting to they, they get to keep telling their story so that the impact of this mistake is reduced. Uh, yeah. I, 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 I'm going to use this as a springboard to say five years from
2: now, I'm not even mad if they recast this thing. Sure. Because sure. like I like every James Bond every 10 years gets recast. Because mm-hmm. he ages out of the role Batman gets recast the crew of the Star Trek got recast I don't like the new Trek but like my not liking it has nothing to do with how amazing Chris uh, Chris uh, Pine and Zachary Quinto step into like James right. T Kirk and and Spock's roles like they, they yeah, do great. it it's 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 amazing in its own right mm-hmm. Keep in mind how much I love Wes and Dominic and, and Stephen Strait. Like I, 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 they are who I see when I read the books now, you know, they, yeah, they, but like, I don't think they're irreplaceable. Just like, I don't think like w- William Shatner is irreplaceable. Um, <laughs> so like, I think they can do that. And that's also an obvious way to save money. Mm-hmm. You know uh the cast and crew of the Rasinanti were had for a, a song, I'm sure, because they weren't very well established people now they are more established because of the show, so you could save a lot of money recasting. I know that would be controversial. I don't think they should do that, <laughs> sure, I think they yeah. should pony up the to the, the pay these people uh money, but like you could do it. And also you're you're right. A 30-year gap like you could turn that you could narratively turn that into a 10-year gap and yep. you could explain it all away with back to tanks and Martian gel and low G and like you said touch it gray at everyone's temples and and everyone It's oh, more of like
1: they, they did that with Fred Johnson over the course of this show, right?
2: A little bit, yeah. Didn't they? And it, it it's it's more of why is the crew of the Rosananti still doing this for 30 years? Like sure you know like they haven't settled down i mean i i don't know like i i that's my thing it's like um you know why is this wh- like what have they been doing space is dangerous especially the kind of work you do in a warship like uh mm-hmm. yeah but i i guess i'm just stammering here because i don't I haven't read the books so i don't i don't know how they develop
1: that yeah for sure uh Ira from Chicago. Uh, First, thanks for a great show. I love the mix of recap processing and theorizing you all do. Uh, Some thoughts. I thought Marco's speech to rally his troops when they were down was excellent. Maybe some of the best acting for Marco yet. Part of why it worked for me is it twisted the brave speech trope that we often see in moments like that. I got echoes from the famous Independence Day speech or even Braveheart, but here the words were coming from a clear villain. Flipping that trope on its head really worked for me when he was like, We will rise from the innas. Uh, failures, he almost convinced me. I strongly agree with you that the final negotiation scene was so good. He had a hunch of where it was going, but it was so well written that moment to moment, I was caught in the emotional stakes of each character. It also helps these actors are just excellent. Made me feel way worse about that final Game of Thrones Future of the Realm negotiation scene, and how poorly that was done. Thomas Rall calling for more coffee at the end was also excellent. Good writing to hint at how much more there is to discuss and good acting to make it seem like a real moment. Uh, the final scene with Holden introducing the transport union and how it would be truly independent brought to mind Dune. In Dune, the Spacing Guild uh, has a monopoly on space travel and its establishment was monumental enough to mark the beginning of their calendar. Are we seeing the birth of a similar entity with the union? An homage from uh, the show to Dune? Homage? Uh, maybe. I mean,
2: I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised if a thousand years in the expanses universe, they do have like a before gate, after gate, you know, BGAG, because that is yeah, for a sure. real. I mean, right now we have this completely arbitrary uh, epoch mark based on uh, a, a a a person from a religious you uh-huh. know, movement, uh, like that is so. Sometimes when I stop and think about, like, the fact that the modern world uses this calendar, it's based on when people kind of sort of think Jesus was born. It's, it's always kind of wild to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I, that's the other thing. It's like, I guess the other thing would be the, the unification of Earth would have been an interesting epoch to change. Like, you know, mm-hmm. like before uh you in control after you in control because that's a like that would be a huge uh, new epoch in human time but like the ring gates like yeah that seems like a genuine holy cow yeah you you need the the, the time time kind of begins anew
1: at the very um, least a, a what planetary holiday interplanetary holiday I Mark do love County. thinking
2: about how all the different universes like that's something that's like people do a lot in 40k in Warhammer 40k because that's set 40,000 years and you had a golden age that was lost um, and like a lot of people like you know the golden age was the, uh, the Star Trek kind of like reaching its apex and like humans had everything and then there was the sure. dark ages and so like it's yeah like it, it's kind of it, it's kind of neat to play with those ideas like what what does humanity think about the events of the 23rd century 10,000 years in the future
1: yeah uh, they, they were definitely influenced by a lot of works Dune being one of them as, as you mentioned with the drop team one of those people was Duncan Idaho, Duncan that was Idaho. Listed, so mm-hmm. clearly Dune fans um, and then finally there are definitely parents who are part of the writing team because uh, the moments of parental pain really ring true from Naomi's deep maternal cry when she thinks Philip is killed to the way that zan asks his father for a hug she says that that broke him and he would not have been able to resist the the child saying that no matter how zombified he was uh I'm, the, sh- the show does team, not take the life yeah. and responsibility of a parent lightly
2: no i thought it was like i i, I was glad because um to see on the live watch and even we talked about that on the after show we did with pete like I think the vast majority of of parents would not treat their zombified children like that. Maybe we'd all get turned into space zombies
1: because
2: Uh, we got tricked. But like, yeah, that's knife in your son and throwing him in the closet while he's saying, daddy, daddy, stop. I would get (laughs) I I hope the zombie virus doesn't get that trick because I would get I'd get day one bitten if that's if that's the way it's going to be.
1: Next up, Craig T. Firstly, I wanted to say I thoroughly enjoy the finale. What these guys do on a TV budget and schedule is just amazing. When movies can have weeks to do a scene, a TV series has half a day to shoot. It's just fantastic. My older age, I've learned to relax into things like this and just let the show do its thing. I remember the season finale of the Stargate SG-1 TV show left me totally down as that wasn't what I was expecting. But after time and reflection, it turned into one of my all-time favorite episodes. I wanted to quickly mention to you that Amazon has a contract with Sci-Fi that covered three new seasons and streaming rights to the previous three seasons. So he's talking about up through what we've got now. It also included the rights that they could produce TV movies or a sequel series that played a big part in them making this the final season, because as has been discussed, books 7, 8, and 9 would require more resources and a bigger budget, and add to, the, to that they would have to renegotiate a new contract with sci-fi, which again would increase costs. The upshot is that there's a route they could take, Is just do the makers think that's the best way to tell their story. Uh, Another thing came to mind for me is to do with another of your shows that you cover, Foundation, and its premise of psychohistory. Now, in The Expanse, it's hard to argue that if not for James Holden, the Earth and all humanity would have been destroyed, as the proto-molecule would have hit the Earth. I mean, you go a little further and say that it was, if it wasn't for Captain McDowell's chance meeting with James, and pestering him into a job, uh, the whole human course of history has changed. Which brings me to my point about Harry Seldon's mathematics that can predict the course of history through large masses of population I would say the 30 billion of Earth 4 billion of Mars and countless millions of the belt should be enough for his calculations so who is correct I suppose with what's out there with the ring gates uh, aliens maybe Holden just postponed the inevitable
2: um I I always feel like that this is a misunderstanding of psychohistory like right I don't think that Holden yeah de- I mean Holden did the what it saved the 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 solar system sure. right Totally but I think there was a thousand James Holdens in the solar system uh that could have done what he did and the situation the 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 intense societal pressures would have brought those people those men and women to the forefront and there was probably mm-hmm. a thousand drummers in the belt that could have stepped up and and resisted Marcos there is probably you know, hundreds and thousands of bobbies uh, in Mars that could have made the similar decisions. They aren't unique. They just, uh, I mean, they're singular individuals, but like the pressures would have molded these lumps of coal into diamonds to shine at the right time. Um, you know, I don't He's think just it's just the like diamond,
1: diamond that got there first, right?
2: Yeah, I don't I don't think it's like for, you know, that old, like for want of a nail, we lost a shoe for loss of a shoe. We lost a horse for loss of a horse. Like, yeah. it, it, no, like in real life, if you've run out of nail, you're like, hey, you go to your other black like, hey, you got any nails or let's make like, you, you, no know, it, it's it's the things don't live and fall the way that it, it seems that way in history because right. we only see the one stream that happened. Yep. But like if Hitler wasn't there. Uh, there are probably some other pro-military, proto-fascist that was disaffected by the conditions in the Weimar Republic and the post-World War armistice that they were for. You know what I mean? Like those conditions created the conditions for a Hitler to rise mm-hmm. the same way early 21st century uh, uh, history seems to be creating conditions mm-hmm. conducive to this shit coming back for, uh, you know, yeah. r- r- round two. Um, so I think that that and that's what that's what Harry Selden said. Like there's probabilities of things occur, but like if it hadn't happened that way, something else very similar. Like, um, if if the the emperor destroys Harry Selden, then it's not like uh the empire is going to stand forever. Uh, it's just going to fall slightly earlier, slightly later. So it's like that is how I have always understood psychohistory, and it is kind of a synthesis of the great man theory, which says you had to have a George Washington or you wouldn't. You had to have a Genghis Khan or you wouldn't versus like uh, what we I think we understand now, which is um, a more bottom up. Like, what are the societal conditions that force these inflection points and these inflection people uh,
1: to take the stage? Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's that's the best way to view it. I feel like the correct way to view it. Uh, Raymond C says, yo, guys, first off, I think they did an amazing job with this season, given the circumstances. From what I understand, Naren, Ty, and Daniel outlined a nine-episode arc, and then Amazon and Alcon worked out a deal that only gave them six. So the fact that they made it still work with a third-less episodes is amazing. I hate to say it, but the reality is that as much as we love the show, it probably wasn't doing the numbers that Amazon thought it needed to to justify the budget for each episode. Not to mention the fact that The Expanse has never gotten any loves from the award community, and that the cachet really goes a long way when it comes to the way executives perceive a show's success so that's take up, sure. take up any complaints you have with the length of episodes with amazon uh yeah i i'm i'm constantly shocked that it doesn't win some kind of writing awards um because it is just there there are things they're doing on this show that very few shows do um and v- even fewer shows do them as well as it's done here and i just yeah, it gets overlooked because I, th- I think, honestly, because it started on sci-fi, I, I think like it comes down oh, sure. to a bias in critics where, oh, they hear about this sci-fi show, A, the genre, and they hear about the sci-fi channel show that is genre, um, and they're just like, yeah, that doesn't, that doesn't even register, no
2: thank you. I mean, when the finest narrative drama is coming up on its 20 year anniversary this year, The Wire, uh, w- w- win its entire run without winning a major award for acting, for right. writing, for directing. Um, so, like, it happens, man, like stand proud and, and good company uh, for not yeah. being awarded by this horseshit gamified awards show that the industry throws for itself, you know, for its <laughs> own interests. Uh-huh. Um, and it's, it is a shame. I also think there's something about the, I think there's something in the deal itself with Alcon that seems like it's hard for a company. Cause like, I don't even know that it didn't, that it didn't do good numbers. It's just that it wasn't as profitable as if, if Amazon had owned this lock, stock and barrel. Sure. Um, that can be it too. And we saw that with like, you know, like AMC pulled, you know, famously pulled resources from some of the fat last seasons of Mad Men and, and Breaking Bad, or at least played hardball with those creators in favor of The Walking Dead because they owned The Walking Dead in the way that they didn't own those other properties uh, and didn't, yeah. didn't, didn't own those studios. So like, and that's what all these streaming services or, are looking
1: for now, right? They don't want to yeah. have to
2: license shit from other companies. No. They want to own everything so it never goes in there that's a competitive advantage and like i think there's enough blame to go around um and i also think that like whatever numbers they were getting amazon did a terrible job of promoting the show probably oh, because yeah. again it didn't line its pockets like yep yep you know um uh i i that that's 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 tough like you know i'm thinking like you know and you know we got a guy that does some shows for us uh, anthony does a game of thrones show he just started doing a stranger things retrospective like if that thing really blew up how much? additional time to promote it would we do because like half of those profits go to somebody else like it's kind of like if you, sure, if you think yeah. of it a purely business decision If amazon if the boys is getting 5 million guys a week and the expanse is getting or, or, or people watching a week and the expanse is getting 5 million but every dollar of the expanse seventy five percent of it goes into alcon and right. the it's inverted for the boys then the boys is mm-hmm. the better thing to promote because you're making more money on that so like i think there was a lot of things that contributed to this being kind of like a hot potato type of thing with different networks. Um, but it still is like, yeah, like the, the amount, the amount of advertising, the merchandising stuff, it just seemed like it was an afterthought. And it, it, it felt like a passion project for Bezos, which you'd think that'd be another thing that would get the deal done. That like, if nothing else, Bezos would be like, why aren't my space shows on? What happened with these strange dogs? Damn it. But that didn't happen. So what? This season was only six episodes. Who greenlit that? The fuck? That's right. <laughs> I, I, I just read an interview. These guys wanted nine. What the hell happened? You know, <laughs> I'm watching real rockets over here. What is happening?
1: Yeah. 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 I, don't, I don't get it. Here's what we need. I in, in the in the pursuit of money in the business interest of the expanse and the parties involved. Alcon TV needs to happen. It needs to be a streaming service from Alcon directly. They can make the final three seasons, use that to launch their streaming platform. I'm in. I'm in day one. Who says no to that as an Expanse fan?
2: I, I do want to dwell on the absurdity of Jeff Bezos here, though, because, like, <laughs> like, okay, <laughs> oh, please, how many of you fans out there right now wouldn't pay $500 to $1,000 to fully finance three more seasons of The Expanse? Sure, Kickstarter. And you realize that the percentage of your net wealth that that would represent is so much like like honestly it's like someone came up to jeff bezos like hey jeff you got 20 bucks yeah they'll make your favorite thing and he's like you know what i need that for pizza money on friday that's what's happened here how 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 did it happen
1: (laughs) i don't know i don't know yeah no it's a real shame but also i'm not totally dissatisfied i think what we got was excellent agreed but we could
2: have got the the budget, the cast, we could have gotten it all. The richest man in the planet has a say on whether we get this or not, and we didn't get it. Right. Yeah. That, that's that's uh, you know, disgusting. like like uh pissing in bottles and not being able to call in sick, all that like <laughs> all the other hellish mm-hmm. things. Like this is just it's all part of a, you know, it's all part of a picture.
1: All right. Next up is Kevin W. I think the expanse is the best sci-fi show ever made in TV or movies. My perspective is that I was a teenager in the 80s during the heyday of Star Wars and Star Trek, and have slowly watched all the great sci-fi properties get corrupted by superhero mentality, bad storytelling, and terrible, unbelievable action sequences, and zero sci-fi credibility. I don't know anything about The Expanse when season one first appeared, so my wife and I started watching it under the assumption it would be yet another disappointment. Then I saw the fourth episode, CQB, which is the coolest space battle sequence ever made. My wife had to suffer through me constantly saying, wow, they got the physics right. And did you notice the vacuum and zero G realism in the railgun decapitation scene? (laughs) (laughs) Right.
2: Mansplaining space battles. That's, uh, (laughs) that's, uh, that's, That's a degree of difficulty you're putting towards the enjoyment of the product there. Oh, for sure. Sorry yeah. to say, <laughs> uh, this was followed by frequently, I get the enthusiasm, though.
1: frequently pausing the show so I could explain the physics. This happened a lot, oh. which is a testament to Ty, Dan, and the Ren doubling down on science realism. Turns out that space and physics are darn terrifying antagonists, even if so few people understand this. Uh, that I certainly agree with. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yep. I know.
2: I, uh, I, I agree with everything you're saying, and it's, it's, uh, it is, it is a delight to see a show get. Try to get more right than they get wrong, you know. Yeah. Um, and and honestly, other than like, I remember grabbing like my calculator in the back of a napkin on some like the when they uh, did the rapid decel uh-huh. in the rings, and I'm like, "There's no fucking way you can." And I did the math, and I'm like, "Actually, yeah, that is right in the like 30 to 50 G range where you're going to get a <laughs> massive amount of fatalities and injuries, but probably a lot of people going to survive too. Uh-huh. Um, they they do." I think they do sweat the math again. You got to do you got to you got to buy some corking seats, the Epstein drive and all that. But
1: oh, yeah, I mean, every series is like that. If you you love Star Trek, you're used to it.
2: There's there's singular movies that I think stand up there, like Mm -hmm. uh, in terms of hard sci-fi, like the uh, Arrival. uh, I think that the new Dune movie is up in that category. But long form entertainment, I think Expanse is the finest science fiction I've ever seen.
1: Yeah. Yeah, on television, I I could probably agree with that. Um I mean, I I love I
2: love Star Trek, I love Star mm-hmm. Wars, but as you said, those franchises have really fallen off and no one has done like someone needs to. We talk about this all the time. Someone needs to do a proper Roddenberry-esque reboot. Uh yeah. an optimistic yeah. um in, inquisitive, curious Star Trek with modern sensibilities and modern, you know, but like you know, Star-, Star Trek is just so old and fuddy-duddy at this point. TNG <laughs> and D- DS9, uh, oh, yeah. The Expanse feels like just a, so much, it's, it's not just an
1: update, but it's just so much more serious, too. Like, there's more rigor. Um, yeah, yeah, That um, even just obeying, you know, physics a little bit more in this series doesn't, like, that was one of the things that I liked about Battlestar Galactica, is when, you know, the Vipers were out there fighting, they weren't flying like jets right they could flip around and do a burn in the opposite direction while keeping their momentum things like that uh that was cool to me that's kind of where i got a taste of that on television uh so yeah they they really go to the nth degree with that here and i love it
2: yeah i think um like i said it's i I think it's the best i think it's the best science fiction i've ever seen i'm trying to think of anything that even comes close to just a full package because the other thing about it is uh i think this is the real innovation in storytelling is they fully realize they're villains yeah yeah like there was you know like uh like like even the most villainous people aaron Wright and and uh meow uh <laughs> they still had like you, you think of how many people were like Ah, oh, jules pierre Oh look, he's befriending uh, uh, Praxis' daughter. He's not, you know, and he's he's realizing what he did wrong through the lens of his kind of like displaced feelings for his daughter and all that. And like then, so he, he humanized. Like you could see yourself, like you know, making that. And but then he doubled down as soon as he turns out the proto molecule might yield a small, still sliver of right. potential. Stuff like that. And Marco, like, you know, m- many people remarked to like in season four, that speech that, that even uh, like drummer in Ashford was like, he's very persuasive. Mm-hmm. He's using a lot of he's telling a lot of truth here. And this is going to like really appeal to to belters who have the way that they really just did a complete 360 degree analysis being fair to almost everybody. Well, also not excusing monsters like Marco. Yeah, yeah. man, I, I just haven't seen a show do it better. I think it's like, I'll even say that I think this is the best political thriller I've ever huh. seen. Boy, I haven't seen a like, lot of those. I haven't seen. When I want to think of like the ones I have seen and I've read a lot of Tom Clancy and like I'm thinking of like, mm-hmm. you know, also the Homeland series, that stuff like that. Sure. Um, I I just think this is so much better than any other attempt I've seen at like really looking at all aspects of. 21st century you know american life and terrorism and income inequality. it's just i don't know maybe mm-hmm. maybe i only said it because it flatters all my preconceptions of <laughs> the world and its problems but uh and boy, the it, genre you
1: love sure
2: also i will say that like even even if that's true um it, it says something that this is like the only time i can think of this really nailing that that aspect you know so yeah. like maybe i'm it is just the world as i see it but like that worldview doesn't get a lot of play, uh,
1: typically in fiction. The other one I've seen mentioned in the genre is Babylon 5, which I don't think either of us have seen. So, But remember, someone made us
2: watch three episodes for uh-huh. a commission, and we went away. We came with just those three hours like, I completely see the appeal. I was very and- impressed. Yeah. And, and I will say that this last week I've been you know looking at the our, our Discord and I've been active on the the Reddit and I, that that name keeps coming up. People are right. like you know this big thread of like where can I go to scratch the expanse and you know people are like <laughs> saying foundation, people are saying for all mankind, and there's elements of that sure, yeah. But Babylon Five kept on coming up, and I I feel like I gotta I can't let the bad graphics. I, I mean, what kind <laughs> right, of th- right right kind of ignorant bullshit is that to be like, oh, the CGI is too stupid? Mm-hmm. It was it's it's like the best the 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 best uh five year plot we've ever seen in sci-fi, but the graphics hurt my feel I mean, yeah, I gotta
1: get over <laughs> that, right? For sure, yeah. I plan on checking that out someday. All right, Dr. Nick uh says, Hey guys, really enjoyed the expanse on your podcast. That being said, I wanted to write in to express the feeling that the series finale was just a little too pat and a little too cheesy compared to the rest of the series. From the mm. fake-out deaths of Clarissa, Bobby, Amos, and Philip, the juvenile stunt hold and pulled with his resignation—it all struck me as way too much Hollywood happy ending for a show of this caliber. Really, the only person who suffered in this finale is Naomi because she thinks Philip is dead. It doesn't spoil the series or anything, but I do think the finale was totally divergent from the rest of the series. To- sorry, not totally tonally divergent from the rest of the yeah,
2: series. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, we I will not disagree with this.
1: you. Yeah.
2: And I, I, I do think, like, you know, people, I, I think someone asked on the stream when we kept on coming, like, man, I wish the the finale had 30 more minutes. And, mm-hmm. like, I think the fake-out deaths were just dumb. They shouldn't have done it. They didn't need to. But, like, I'm thinking, like, imagine if, like, it really was a shitstorm when Holden, and there was massive resistance, and, like, Holden was able to convince Alva Serral about how, and, like, a scene where she strong-arms the Martian, yeah. Got, and and Martians into going along with some kind of like smart geopolitical or I guess uh, astro political leverage. Um, I mean, not something hokey like, oh, we got video of you fucking, uh,
1: <laughs> you know, <laughs> sure. underage
2: Martian or something, But but something like substantial, like some kind of like, hey, look. We've got this miracle algae, algae, the recipe, and we want to give it to you. But like this, can't, like we got this from the belt, the belt saved our life and we need to you know, like like something like that, something that like believably would show it's not just James Holden, and Avasarala running the solar system that there's. Yeah, you yeah. could have. And, and it also gotten some drama, too, because like, yo, yeah, James can do the heroic thing. But unless the foundation has been laid like the powers of the be can just undo it you know right. sure they made the law they can withdraw from it they can do all kinds so like I, I think you're right i i think an extra 30 minutes would have really smoothed that stuff out and the, the fake out deaths were just i i can't defend them they're they're schmaltzy yeah
1: yeah it's perfect it's to heighten the drama uh that's pretty much it i everything it is works, heightened right? and compressed here and yeah it does i in the moment i, I was caught up in it certainly edge of my
2: seat yeah. it's just i would have been edge of my seat without amos being riddled with bullets just a situation putting yeah. them in harm's way at the final episode where anyone can die you know it just makes the re i feel like it cheapens rewatches is what it does but i, I don't know on the other hand every time i watch this sh- this finale
1: i've seen it four times now i liked it a little bit more each time yeah yeah all right jamie h says i actually found bald move in 2018 because your expanse season three coverage and have been transiting the bald move ring gate ever since
2: awesome i, <laughs> I that i because you the thing is is when we first did this show it got nothing oh, no. in terms of ratings uh in terms of like downloads and stuff so it it warms my heart in a really real way to hear that we got like a long-term fan out of like that labor of love we did I, I, yeah, I like I it because it's a labor of love when labors of love po- po- pay off. Holy shit. Yeah, that's great.
1: Yeah. Like the leftovers is another one of those, right? Where we're talking about the leftovers. It's we're podcasting to nobody. And then eventually that turns into a big show. Uh, and it's like, one of those, what would
2: they say that about that? Uh, that one album that, that there's like this famous quote about like it's something that cream did or something that like only a thousand people listen to that album. But every single one of them started a band like (laughs) only a thousand people listen to our season one the leftovers
1: coverage but 999 of them are club members sure (laughs) and probably are doing podcasts in the future at some point yeah oh yeah yeah people have told us they do that too so yeah yeah uh i have to say i really enjoyed the final episode uh it had all the stuff that makes the expanse so great earned character moments politics with genuine stakes amazing space battles and badass people doing badass shit the Expanse is the mature science fiction I've been waiting for since I first watched Star Trek The Next Generation as a preteen nerd in the 90s. Uh, back to the episode. I know you touched on it in the podcast, but I was extremely impressed with Keon Alexander, who plays Marco. He's always been serving smug villain with pretty hair and punchable face, but the scene where Duarte tells him he's been used and is on his own was fantastic. The actor emerges, or, sorry, emotes, the anger and frustration with his entire body and punchable face, and then flips a switch to control himself when Philip walks in. The struggle to keep his composure during that conversation and the way he wound himself up in his final speech to his crew was the best acting I've seen him do all series. Yes, I agree. Uh, I think I said something similar in the podcast. I just love that scene. It's It's something different from him in that moment
2: I think he's great and it like I mean if you've ever read like a behind the scenes or tell all for someone that works like in staff or like a really narcissistic populist leader it sounds like this I mean you, you know the the prima donna stuff the instability the abuse uh you know the the getting high on their own supply like it's it it always and and I think he did such a great job of you know like i've had villains that i just hate because they're bad they're just badly written Mm -hmm. and they're dumb and they are played poorly uh like every romulan on season one of picard (laughs) but i've seen like villains where like you hate these guys because they are very good uh, and you constantly underestimate them because you want to see them beat and they always and you just want to punch her and this guy is so good at at playing better than you
1: like godrick he's the worst one of those. he's the worst
2: yes yeah, he's a godrick he's Gal the Ducott worst type. he's the worst guy but he thinks he's so much better than you yep. he carries himself and and he wins a lot yeah. makes you think he might yeah. be better than you those are the guys that really <laughs> like make your blood pressure rise and i feel like he got a lot and and that's a i think kind of a brave as far as acting can be brave a brave choice because tapping into that much hate like like I remember it was a Jack Gleason talked about like people will cost him on the street as King Joffrey. Yeah. It's like, you know, and like, you know, not not beat him up or anything, but like that's a lot of negative energy coming back into your life. Totally. Just to portray a a great villain. Um, I think he I think he did a great job. Oh my god.
1: Yeah. And people say it's one note, but I I, I think that's what was required of the role. We've seen a lot of nuanced, interesting villains here. I don't, don't think these, putting these, one you know, grandstanding guy in here is a real problem.
2: No, in, in real life, these bloody revolutionaries are almost always empty suits. They're, they're yeah. flimflam artists. They're, they're, they're full of shit. That's like, yeah, he's one note because if he had any more nuance or depth, he'd be drummer or Ashford sure, or Fred yeah. or, 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 or Fred Johnson. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to get to this extreme of hatred and destruction You have to be, you can't be a fully realized character. You can't be introspective at all, sure. No, (laughs) no, no, no. But that's, that's super frustrating to realize that,
1: but it is the reality. Yeah. Uh, And then he goes on to say, so was the ending we got satisfying? Yes. Do I intend on immediately starting the last three books as soon as I finish this email? Hell yes. If you guys do some sort of final trilogy book podcast to fill the TV show void, I'm definitely in for that. Anyway, thoroughly enjoyed mm. the show and your coverage. I look forward to wherever we all end up next. Me too. Could could very well be with the James S.A. Corey team. Depending on what this next project is.
2: Oh, I, yeah. If they ever came out with another something new and there was ever an adaptation of that, that would be almost certainly a day one cover. Yeah. For sure. Like they would have to convert to Scientology (laughs) and it has to star like Tom Cruise and John Travolta before I'd be like, I don't know. Yeah. Like that would be kind of like
1: a Damon Lindelof. Yes, we will. We will be in for that. Mm -hmm. All right. uh, Jamila. Hi guys. I like sci-fi. I wouldn't say I'm a sci-fi buff, but this show sucked me in from episode one and I've been a fan ever since. I watched the final battle scene about 25 times and the music is just amazing especially when Drummer is getting ready in her uh, room and the moment when Bobby Draper releases the RPGs. Uh, Listen to the flutes in the background, they say. Overall, I love the finale, and I do agree that they kind of jerked us around a little bit because we thought Clarissa, Bobby, and Amos were all done for, but they survived. I'm glad they did, but it was a letdown of sorts. One of the reasons I like this series so much was all the badass women. This series featured so many great female characters who were front and center. One of the favorite scenes, uh, one of my favorite scenes, another that I've watched 25 times, is in season five, when Naomi launches herself into space without the proper gear, twice, the series passes the Bechdel test. So refreshing to see, and it's what keeps me watching. The female characters only got stronger as the series went on. Anyway, I could go on, but time is short. Thank you all again for the great podcast. Yes, that is another thing that I feel, almost surprisingly, that these two male writers got pretty correct um less so in the books i think but more so once they adapted it to television um and i'm sure that well, has was, to do somewhat with the large group of people around them supporting them and it
2: would just it just feels so anachronistic that like when you see classic star trek and like women going around in miniskirts being the yeah. you know the note takers essentially mm-hmm. um because i think ty and dan see correctly that modern combat is like if you're a drone pilot uh, there might actually be some decisive advantages to being a woman in terms of like spatial orientation and I, I i don't know like like what the various average brain strengths or weaknesses but certainly i i can't see why a a, a woman drone pilot would be any worse than a, a male drone pilot anything about in terms of like uh you know uh outer space combat that stuff is just going to get more and more where you know like why why wouldn't women excel in in these branches of, of military service? It's not like hitting each other with sticks on the battlefield anymore. Mm-hmm. So I, I think it. it I, I'm glad that they 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 did get that and, and kind of nail that. And th- there was many different ways to be badass women. Like yes. you could be badass like Michio Pa and like be the cool person. that's like taking your lover's arm off and saving his life while everybody else is like fucking losing their heads. You can be. Uh, a brilliant engineer like Naomi, who just mm-hmm. will never give up and will never stop at a a, a problem until they find a solution, or you can just be drummer or who is just like
1: she's uh, a badass, you know yeah. like
2: like a masculine ideal of a
1: badass right or you, know? you could be like an anna a uh, va yeah uh, you know who who is just it, it, right right she's Build she's bridges. a very good kind person who wants to yeah help people um And that is a power in itself. I mean, uh,
2: yeah, I have a who's just a ball busting, hardball political bitch,
1: you Uh know? Yeah. Get shit done. No, it's great. They did a great job. Uh, I'm happy to see that one of the improvements they made in the series was on their female characters. Uh, Yeah, I enjoyed it. All right. A Wookie says, here's a theory I think has serious legs if the show can get picked back up. The showrunners especially specifically left enough open to hopefully get this series picked up. That's pretty obvious. A big question mark was the whole five years for Peaches to live. I think they did that specifically because if it does get picked back up, the big time jump from the books will be a matter of four to five years on the show so they can keep the same actors involved. I don't know what else that that might screw up book-wise, but I haven't read any of them, but I have a feeling that's what they hinted at. In the episode thoughts. Uh, <sighs> okay. I'll go, you go ahead if you got a, a take. Well I mean we, we definitely talked about. Um, you know how shortening. That could be a good thing. Especially for keeping these actors in the show. Um, and I think that makes. A certain amount of sense and it would put the drama. Of Peaches. Shortening lifespan like right at the. Front center of that next series. So I, I don't know could happen. But why couldn't you do that
2: in the next series like introduce the fact that her sure. hands are shaking in an episode one. She's got the salt craving episode two. Okay. She's like throwing up and, uh, and, and then she goes and gets checked up at the doctor and's like, you know, you guys might've noticed I've been sick a lot lately. Um, the, the, the chickens have come home to roost that, that unstable mod is finally kicking in and it's going to ki-. like, it, I don't understand. Like, It's so easy to introduce at the time. It's almost like weird that you know if it's like the thirty year jump, then she'll be dead. If it's Mm -hmm. a five year jump, it's almost weird to like rejoin the action with. As you know, I'm on Death Sword. I'm about like so we can see her die, or they're going to probably come as like it. Is there something in the seventh book that revolves around her getting some kind of gene therapy from the proto molecule that saves her life? I imagine because I can't like why wouldn't could be i don't know why would you bring a character into the future just to for her to die yeah so i she
1: don't can... i don't think this is actually what they're doing like i said um when we were talking with with pete peppers i think th- what they're really doing here with peaches is, is they're giving her some sort of come comeuppance a price to pay for the bad things she's done because she didn't ultimately spend time in jail right like she she spent a few months in there maybe i think um so yeah, yeah, yeah. she's she's got to pay some kind of price uh to atone for her sins oh and no she's because
2: she she was in there before and they went to illus and back and that's like an 18 month journey both ways and... okay
1: now she she paid a but little still, bit more of a price but her father three... died in prison so. her
2: father died exactly um yeah
1: there's probably some connection there. a few years, two. years
2: in prison too like i i don't know right. honestly i think I think it's fine that sometimes the villains don't get, uh, th- th- don't get their comeuppance, and the bad guys sometimes do. You know, like hmm. that's the them's the break sometimes.
1: Sure. Uh, sure, that's realistic. Yeah.
2: So I, I don't know. I, I it just it's just weird it's like hey don't worry guys this person didn't get away with murder she's gonna die of space cancer in five years tops like is this I don't know that's like a weird thing to take a minute to clear your throat and say it may, maybe it's not episode. that maybe <laughs> it's
1: that you know her desire her hatred her anger all those those poisonous emotions and those poisonous feelings cost her the rest of her life right it's, it's about the cost of Mm -hmm. those types of interactions with people. Um, if you want to go that far, I don't know. I'm not sure exactly what they're trying to say. I'm just trying to fill in the blanks. why not kill her? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, you you could have also done that.
2: Because like, if you need her in the next books, then don't do that. Don't do all this shit. If you don't need her, then like, honestly, because that's, that's a little bit like, this makes me sound heartless. (laughs) I am kind of shocked. None of the big characters died. I am too. A little bit. And I think it's, uh, it, it, I I, I kind of wish maybe I, I'm not trying I don't know maybe maybe Alex dying fucked all that up because it's could. like that's a that because that, that's a that's a big main character death you know yeah. at the at the end of uh, season five so I I don't know maybe maybe they goofed up or maybe Dan and Ty really do think that the, everybody could have survived because I guess it's not the end it's not the end of their series uh-huh so it's kind of weird they don't want to. Shut the door on doing the, the next series properly, and they've already gotten rid of Alex. But they also, yeah,
1: but you want yeah. stakes at the end, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Because I, I thought maybe Avicerala <laughs> would die because they made a big point of her being like in the front lines. And there's also mm-hmm. that line about like when cause she's saying like she's giving drummer personal guarantees. and I'm like, man, it's gonna be an expanse as fuck if like a- after war drummers dealing with the new administration <laughs> trying to set set themselves apart from the old administration and wants to go, I'm like, Oh man, that will be so fucking real life, deliciously frustrating and infuriating. And they didn't do any of those things. Um, we just kind of to the other emailers, but we got like, a pretty straightforward, happy ending.
1: Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, final email here from Mike H. Uh, I wanted to end with this one because it's got a nice moment. Uh, says, gents, I wrote to you guys before with pessimism about the show's ending. I'm glad that my premature judgment was wrong. I thought the show had a great conclusion for what it was and hope to have more expanse in my life in the future. I wrote down Naomi's monologue from the very end, and I thought it was eloquently written and words to live by. Thanks to you guys for covering the show and all the best for 2022. And I'm just going to read it because I feel like it was a great way for The Expanse to go out. I think it'd be a great way for our podcast to go out. Uh, this is what Naomi says to Holden at the end about helping people. You followed your conscience in the hope that others would follow theirs. You didn't do it for reward or a pat on the head. The universe never tells us if we did right or wrong. It's more important to try to help people than to know that you did. More important that someone else's life gets better than for you to feel good about yourself. You never know the effect you might have on someone. Not really. Maybe one core thing you said haunts them forever. Maybe one moment of kindness gives them comfort or courage. Maybe you said the one thing they needed to hear. It doesn't matter if you never know, you just have to try. I like that.
2: I like it too, because it is more important to try than to know, because if you waited to know you're helping someone before you help them, almost no one would get helped, Right. Whereas, you know, what's the worst thing you do if you help somebody? They refuse it or it backfires or, you know, I don't know. It's, uh, I, I think, I think that trying to do good is, is the important thing. It's very yeah. Mr. Rogers take on it, you know? Like, and this not final note. Do perfectly, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Uh, but you'd rather the world be full of people who are trying to do good. Than yeah.
1: imperfectly doing good. Paralyzed in action. Perfectly yeah. doing nothing. Yeah. Um, no, I, I like, I, I, this is why I say this final note here that I think the story ultimately was one of optimism and hope from, uh, the, the team here from Ty and Dan. Uh, and I'm happy in a way that, you know, maybe they do the schmaltzy ending, right? Maybe they, they don't do the thing where Avicerala dies and it's, it's hard to put this thing together. They just connect these dots because we need to connect some dots. Um, it's 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 something we're missing right now, and something that I hope this show can kind of give us as a lasting legacy. But we'll see.
2: Yeah, I'm... Gosh, I just... I can't wait to read the books. Like I, I, I mentioned I yeah. got them all queued up on my Kindle, and I got the... I'm going to put all my other science fiction on hold until I, I power through these next three books.
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm going to be right there with you. I got the audiobook yesterday i'm ready to go nice
2: nice you'll be you'll have a head start because like i said i got plowed through six.
1: Oh, oh you'll catch up but, quick uh, you you read faster than the J- jameson Maze, whatever his name is <laughs> jefferson, jefferson Maze. yeah i'm uh but i don't i have limited time i have
2: limited time nowadays and uh you with yeah. your uh your book listening you got a distinct advantage over me
1: we'll see But yeah, that's it. Uh, That's where we're going to leave it. It it, it has been a
2: pleasure to cover The Expanse. I wish we could have gotten all seasons. I wish we could have gotten screeners for season four so we could have gotten full coverage for that one because I quite enjoyed it. But I really enjoyed uh, Man, there's Nothing nothing I like more than having good television and uh, getting to talk to it with an active and engaged and curious audience. And uh, I feel like y'all have been that for us these last few years. And it's really um enhanced my enjoyment of the show and uh yeah i i i don't know what the future for us in expanse is i do know that sometime this year well i can't say this year whenever they release the telltale drummer video game uh choose your adventure thing we will definitely be playing that and posting that through our youtube channel we'll be playing that on twitch um but i don't know like i said i if you're a club member Uh, I would be very surprised if you don't hear lots more Expanse content on at least uh, our off the clock, our premium show where we we talk about the stuff that we don't have a full podcast for. Uh, And maybe we'll do some stuff in the future. But uh, yeah, Uh, also, since this is the last podcast, uh, there's plenty more bald move. We're waiting for some prestige television to come back. But we've been talking about uh, station 11 on our uh, uh, premium feed. Also, uh, The Walking Dead, speaking of the best show on television. (laughs) Oh, God. It's coming back real soon. We're going to, you know, we've got full coverage of that show, surprisingly, and we are going to bash its brains in until it won't get up. Uh, There's also um, what's the other stuff? Foundation this year.
1: Uh, Well, coming back this year, we probably have the hot D. The House of the Dragon
2: oh, House of the Dragon. Speaking of, can, can the Game of Thrones franchise redeem itself from its uh, pants shitting in season eight? <laughs> yeah, uh, I think I think millions of people around the world are, are going to tune into a few episodes to see if they can. We're going to have full coverage of that uh, this uh, September. Uh, Amazon releases their new Lord of the Rings uh, series. Oh, right. Which. I'm very excited to see. Uh, love that franchise. Love the 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 books. Um, we'll have coverage of that. Um, so there's lots of more science fiction stuff uh, in Bald Moves' future. So subscribe. Subscribe to Bald if If uh, you're on a Belt of go to uh, search for Bald Moves Pulp and subscribe to that. And if you'd like to the, 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 uh, get, get even more Bald Move, we'd love to have you in the club or in the Patreon. Support.baldmoves.com All right. We're going to float off into the Milky Way to a beautiful rendition of the Expanse theme. And uh, we'll see you in the further adventures. Until then, I'm Aaron. And I'm Jim. Goodbye, everyone.